Survivor at Home, the podcast. My name is Jordan. I'm here alongside my co-host, Andrew, and we are here to break down Survivor 42, episode 10, Tell a Good Lie, Not a Stupid Lie. And we have a very special guest today, Survivor super fan, three-time Survivor at Home contestant, host of his own Survivor game, which we may or may not get into later in the podcast. We want to welcome in Kel Sherman. Kel, welcome. How are you today? What up, what up? I'm so happy to be here. I'm wearing my Zapatera buff from season 21. Uh, and Jordan, we will absolutely get into the Kel Sherman Survivor experience that you had. I don't know what you're talking about. We will go there. So the dam will break. Well, dam will break. Hint after hint after not so spoiler, but something in between a hint and a spoiler for the last eight or nine weeks now. And yeah, I'm sure we'll get into it uh, in this podcast. Andrew, hello. exciting episode. Did it you was. have anything you wanted to ask Cal early on here? I did. I want to hear all the gossip about Kel, Survivor, and Jordan. This has been hinted. I know that you've played. And just for those listening, if you didn't hear this last season, Kel's game was actually what inspired Survivor at Home, our online reality game. And uh, a good friend of ours, mutual friend, told us that she was a part of Kel's event, said it was amazing. And that really, I can still picture where I was when I first started planning Survivor at Home the first season. And it was because of the idea that Kel you had done but yours is a bit different so why don't you just in a minute Kel, tell us about Kel survivor and what that is and then we'll get into yes jordan having played just recently and having a very emotional devastating exit from the game we'll un unpack all that but go ahead Kel. what do you got to say well just in a nutshell so very quickly for my 31st birthday i invited a group of my friends to play survivor in a day and so um that was just a very fun like eight, nine hour day. Uh, I think Lynette played that season, Lynette Martin, winner of season three. Um, my friends talked about it for the next year. So I decided to do it again for my 32nd birthday. Uh, I thought it would be shorter, ended up being an 11 hour day. Um, as the pandemic hit, I decided to take it online. And so I have hosted, I think, four online seasons now. Um, and so initially it was just my inner inner circle of friends but slowly as seasons progressed i've just been branching out and people love survivor um and of course andrew i played three seasons of yours and so i scooped up jordan i scooped up alex and so they have played in the most recent season um and when i said when i tell you it's an intense experience i mean you could sit there and be like oh, sure okay i mean you know just show up play a few games and vote people out <laughs> no it is it is it is that but i mean it is all that and more and so you see, you see people start to unravel. You see people strategize. You see people, you know, high highs and low lows. Um, and that's, I guess, the low lows is where Jordan, I mean, enters the picture. So Absolutely. Well, hey, Kel, I'm, uh, you know, you're the social worker here, but I'm going to put on my Enneagram 9 hat and try to be a mediator. We'll take a couple minutes now for those who uh, are listening again. Jordan played just recently in this season. And so, Jordan, why don't you tell us, how are you feeling about your experience? Now I'm fine. I'm good. We've, we've gone past it. It was an emotional, I got blindsided. And, uh, and we'll get into um, vote outs from recent seasons and blindsides in recent seasons of Survivor. But um, I was blindsided big time with people that I thought I had trusted. And it just, it, I didn't, I get, my learning is like, I played 
very much with my heart and got tied into it a lot and didn't segment that out. So when I get blindsided, it, it took a toll on me. And, uh, and so it was a fun experience up until that moment when you realize that you got got and, uh, and that that's, that's a difficult spot to be in. So I get it when you hear some of these survivor players who are, uh, are blindsided and take it real, real hard. Cause I can totally empathize with that. Mm-hmm. So, Jordan, I have a question for you as someone who uh, went through a very um, traumatic survivor experience. And I will, I will, I apologize to you tonight. One crowned the winner, Scott, um, who won. Uh, I apologize to you for the order I did the votes, which was extremely, extremely misleading. And I was, I felt a bit justified because Jeff Crooks actually did that this season. But what I did was I had two decoy votes set up, which is what they typically do on Survivor, which sort of sets up, okay, it's one of these people who are going home. But after I got through the three or so votes of that, it was just Jordan, 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 Jordan. So what is that psychologically to be sitting there and just seeing your name coming up time and time again? Like what's going on? Yeah, so let's let's break this down because I think we had we had quickly chatted about this before. But first of all, I every vote that I was a part of until that one, I knew almost exactly how the votes were going to break down, um, and they always broke down exactly how I thought they were going to go. So you start that vote, and the first vote you read is someone that I was convinced was not getting a vote, and immediately, or sorry, no, they were someone who I was convinced what you were going to do is going to be that person. The first vote you read, um, that person was supposed to get all the votes except for their own. So I didn't expect their vote to be first. So you read that vote first, and I'm like, something's weird. There's no way Kel would read that vote first if everyone else voted for that person except for them. So you read that vote, and then you read two votes for another name, which I didn't know was getting votes. And immediately my mind goes, "What? what's happening here? I've just been at... Uh, Maple Leafs game. So I'm on the train on the way home. I'm whatever. We're, we're, we're tired at the end of the day. And then all of a sudden my name pops up five or six times in a row. And I'm just kind of sitting there in the middle of the go train, literally stunned that, that I couldn't like reeling shocked. I couldn't believe it. It was the vote, but Kel, I will say, I know you apologize for the vote reading. I agree with your decision to read the votes in that order especially because it was a blindside that no one knew was coming. That's how you should read it. It just sucks to be on that end of it. Like I can't explain to you how much that was awful. And if though, if anyone is listening from that, uh, from that group that voted that way, you have no idea how much it sucks in that moment when you've, I mean, everyone was pouring out a lot into that game and I, I was making a lot of sacrifices and I know I wasn't the only person to, to compete in, in that survivor game. And just to go through that moment when I thought I was, there were so many dynamics that played into it. And, uh, um, and yeah, but the reading of the votes, I get why you read the votes in that way, as much as it's tough. That's something I've actually never been like upset about at all through the process is the reading of the votes, because that's how, if I was in your position, that's how I would have read it. Cause that was the most dramatic way. It just said to top everything off in my survivor and in survivor in general. So Jordan goes to jury and he's completely cut off from the players in the game. So there's just no, there's no Ponderosa. There, well, no, he can talk to the jury for sure. 
but these are people who don't know anything that's going on in game. So, yes. you know, his alliance, um, people not like he just can't get answers from anyone. And I like I know Jordan would not go and talk to these people regardless. So and he he did stick to that. But, you know, the pain and suffering that you're going through, the questions that you have. And Jordan, I don't even think you got a clear answer for like well over two weeks from someone, maybe I think until Jack came to the jury. But, Until the like night before the finale or two nights before the finale, yeah, you were, was you, you was when yeah it was when Jack came to the jury because she came third. Yes, yes, yeah, and that's when I started to get a clear clear picture. But also keep yeah. it in mind, like you want answers from the, this is this is the fun dynamic. You want answers from the people that voted you out, yes, but you also build real relationships with people. And I specifically built two real good relationships and those were cut off too and those two went all the way so here's the fun part this is my redemption everyone it did not work out for a single person that voted me out they all got voted out next in in order they all got voted out. one of them got voted out twice in order all of them gone see ya but the two <laughs> that i had built real relationships with and built a major major alliances with those two were the final two and so i got left out of that relationship for two and a half, three weeks as well. Right. And to see your, to see your alliance go all the way. I mean, that would be rough. Like that would be so rough to think yep. you know, I could be there. That could be me. I would be there. That would be me. Yeah. And so a beautiful thing to just go back to survivor. So one of my favorite podcasters, Stephen Fishback, he, uh, he has, a him and Rob sister, you know, have the survivor know-it-alls, which they do immediately after the episode. Anyway. So he talks about how, we are the heroes of our own narrative. And I think that is so true, just well in life, of course, but in Survivor, especially how you walk into these games thinking like, you know, everything is going to go my way. Um, I will make it to the end and I will win. And so when a blindside happens, when High gets voted out, when Jordan gets voted out, you're like, whoa, I am not the hero of this narrative. It, it really sets you, you know, takes you down a few pegs for sure. So what I love about this game in general is that there's a lot of lessons, a lot of like ooh, life lessons that you can really learn along the way, you know, both, you know, from watching the show and absolutely through going through an online experience. So for any survivor at home listeners out there, I'm, I, this season took a lot out of me that I ran, but you know, give me a few more months and I'm sure that itch will come back or I will want to host one and please, you know, reach out to me. Let me know. I haven't turned anyone away yet. <laughs> So, how can they get in touch with you, Kel? Um, well, of course, the uh, Survivor at Home, well, for the, I guess, the, the community that we have, the, the uh, page that we have there. But of course, uh, my Instagram, Sherman 86 K-S-H-E-R-M-A-N-86. Um, and I don't know what my Twitter is, unfortunately. Uh, Kel, so underscore 86, I think? I believe that's it. Uh, underscore underscore eight six there's two underscore oh there's two of them great oh, i'm sure everyone great. wrote that down and is gonna yeah. go there right now that's great um i want to say thank you again kel for inspiring survivor at home and for mm -hmm. inspiring jordan to play and even walking with him in his pain and in his trauma uh i can you, see you that talk you about the life lessons like i had conversations with both of you guys but especially kel like i had life lessons through that about myself um learning through myself i've had some other things everyone's got other things going on in life and like learning a lot about that and how that spilled into survivor uh tell survivor as well like there was a lot of really hard life lessons that maybe i haven't learned yet but i'm in the process of being opened through through Kel survivor but 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a tough, that was a tough go for me. That was not Survivor easy. Survivor as therapy, man. It is, it is a thing. It, it really is. I love it. Well, we've talked, you've heard us talk about this a lot on the podcast, just the, the beauty of the game, how in the midst of the competition and the fierceness that it brings people to a place, a physical place, an emotional place for some, a spiritual place where they are just with themselves and they're contemplating life and the big decisions. And, and I say it often and it sounds cheesy, but it's not that this is as a real place of healing for a lot of people. And there's a reason that season after season players have these moments on TV as we're watching where of self-realization of kind of things that have kind of demons that have been there, joys and challenges from the past and, and present, even that they're able to process. And there's something to be said that we each need to make an effort to find those spaces, little spaces. I wish we could all go to an Island right now and spend 30 days in Fiji, but to just be able to go for a walk, right? I do that now. I, I went it just yesterday for a walk, just to process, to think, do that in your life. If you're listening, we want to thank the listeners for uh, making us a part of your week. This is our 10th episode of this season. This is our second season of Survivor at Home, the podcast, breaking down uh, what is going to be another great episode here tonight. Mm. Uh, just a couple of other acknowledgements. We wanted to say happy Mother's Day coming up. Depending on when you're listening, it may have already happened, but happy Mother's Day. Um, we know that it's a mixed feeling day for some um, whose moms are no longer with them. We're thinking of you and our love to you. And uh, for those that have moms or just other women in your life who have been an influence, uh, we just are uh, celebrating each of those women as well. Uh, and especially to you who are listening, who are moms, uh, we just honor you and thank you for all that you do for this, uh, for these kids and for your children and uh, hopefully teaching them a little bit about Survivor as well. Really cool just to say, watching now with our kids and seeing my wife watch with our kids Survivor for the first time. It really is neat. You hear it on TV seasons where they go on and see, yeah, I grew up watching it since I was a kid. And I'm sitting there looking over, seeing Steph sit with our daughter and be like, this is the start of a story. Like maybe she'll be on one day and say, I remember watching with my parents. And then my dad would run off and do this dumb podcast and, <laughs> you know, and host this game and traumatize people, but also met this great community of people. And they, they laugh and they're always messaging each other and sending each other funny videos and uh, it's a beautiful thing. So I'm thankful for Survivor for what the game has done. Um, and then also just wanted to uh, do a special shout out to a upcoming event, Survivor at Home Light. I realize this is a lot of preamble, but it's going to be worth it. This is only for you listening here. This is not actually on the website. We are having a Survivor at Home Light edition, just a taste of the real game. It's a one night event, May 27th on zoom you can play from wherever you are we would love to have you if you're a fan of games and a survivor this is a blast it's an online reality game come and play survivor at home.com slash forward slash light you cannot find it through the website it's hidden so survivor at home.com forward slash light apply to play that's coming up may 27th and of course our fifth season of survivor home coming september 16th and 17th i'm stoked I don't know how many nights already I can't fall asleep because I'm laying there thinking and planning ideas. And we are going to be trying a couple of things that we have never done before on Survivor at home. And so very, very excited for that. So that's all the announcements I have. Anything else that you guys want to hit on before we jump into this episode today? Really quickly, Andrew, uh, did you use any of the suggestions that uh, people put forward after last season, season four? I have all 
emails from Survivor Home contestants go right into my junk mail. Uh, <laughs> I it's autocratic. I don't want to hear any input from anyone else. I will just do it. No, I I actually do. I love the feedback. Uh, I'm gonna bring this question up later on. Actually, you know what? Let's bring it up now. Uh, one of the audience questions that it's tied into this as well. I I've always thought if and if you're listening, you've been a part of an online reality game or you run one. Got a chance to talk to. Uh, Kristen down in Florida running Survivor Vanquish, a really neat game there for charity. But how, my question is, uh, and tied to this audience question, how do we create a similar feeling in online reality games that are experienced on the, on the show in terms of sleep deprivation uh, and the food especially? Because in this episode, as you see when the rain's pouring down and they're talking about it, this really affects how you're feeling, how you're performing. And of course, when they have a reward for pizza, you're like, I, I'll do, I'll kill someone to get a pizza right now. I, I don't know how on the online reality games to create that experience. And Kel, maybe you have input or Jordan. Well, what, what, can I, what can we do at Survivor Home to, to add that an element like that to the game? Sleep deprivation will happen regardless. So with Survivor Home, especially my sec, my first and second season, I mean, I could not sleep after, after the first night. You know, I'm thinking about who, who's my true alliance? Who do I want to vote out? You know? I was like, what is this? Like, cause you left us on a cliffhanger, both see all three times actually. So, mm. you know, you're thinking about that, you know, your mind is not shut off. So, and as I know on my, on my season as well, I'm sure Jordan can attest to this, that, you know, you do lose sleep. It just happens. You, you, you have to lose sleep, whether it's like, I'm someone who, you know, a lot of my life, I try to plan around getting to sleep early so I can wake up early, but when you're playing an online survivor game, we're playing with people in different time zone. Even the host of this game is in a different time zone. Cal is in a, a, an hour later time zone than myself. And so when we're running tribal councils, that's, you know, if it's eight o'clock in where Cal is, it's nine o'clock where I am. But if it's 10 o'clock where Cal is, that's 11. That's a lot later than I want it to be. So I'm automatically losing sleep. I have tribe mates that are in California. So there's three hours delayed and you're trying to communicate with them and you can't message them early because they're not awake, but then you can message them late, but you want to go like, I just, I, I, like I said, I revolve my life around wanting to go to sleep a little bit earlier than, than most people my age, I guess. And, uh, and that it, it, sleep deprivation was a thing for sure. And never mind survivor at home where you're already up until my, my first season of survivor at home, I did not sleep either night, the night, uh, between uh, day one and two of Survivor at Home or the night afterwards, I did not sleep basically at all on either one. And uh, that was, it's, that's the way it goes. You're already up until 2, 3 a.m. anyways. And yeah, it, it takes the life out of you on the sleep deprivation. And with a finale for Survivor at Home, I mean, there's often a, a bunch of us just on Zoom, just chatting yeah. through things until four in the morning, Toronto time. <laughs> so it's, it, it's, it's, you, you know, you yeah. do it happens it happens yeah i love it I, yeah thank you for sharing that um, obviously the food taking food away wouldn't be an option it's great to have some food and drinks while it's happening but certainly the sleep is a big part of that um but thank you guys for taking part in that uh, thank you for our audience questions if you ever want to submit a question you can obviously just reach out to us you can go to our website and search the podcast page and there's a form to fill it there so 
Uh, Jordan, are we ready to jump in to the episode? Let's get going here. So a theme of this episode is going to be heavy rain. Every time we come back from a commercial break or something, there is heavy rain. And that's no exception here as they, they head back to camp in some heavy rain. And, uh, and then we get a, a confessional from from High where he's talking about Tribal One ex- went exactly the way he wanted to. And this this theme or this idea from High that he cares so deeply about his relationship with Mike, which is a setup for the later in the episode, but he cares so deeply about his relationship with Mike that he needs Mike's blessing to do anything because he doesn't want to cross Mike. Not that he needs Mike per- Mike's permission. He just doesn't want to cross Mike because what happens when you cross Mike? Chanel got voted out and uh, and that's happened before a couple of times. I think Tori as well. Um, Mike... Uh, Mike is not happy though, that he feels the, the words he actually used were it felt like forced, it was forced down his throat to vote Roxroy. And he, he did not appreciate that. He felt like he was forced to do that. That's not a uh, situation that he wanted to be. And I think he had either given Roxroy his word, which Mike he did. really he said he to. gave him his word. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that's not something um, that he wants to go with. And then Omer takes advantage of this and, what do you guys think about how Omer is playing this? Because he might be becoming a little bit of a appreciated villain. Uh, I think Omer is playing so well. Um, I'm loving his gameplay. He's he's the right amount of sneaky. Mm-hmm. But where I worry about Omer is it like too much, too fast? You know, like mm-hmm. we're at the top seven. He's very had a hand in probably every vote since the merge. Um, so I'm, I'm loving his gameplay, but I'm just worried he's maybe just doing it too much too fast. And at some point, people will notice. I asked Steph about that. Like, he, I keep thinking he's getting some kind of a winner's edit based on all the decision making he's doing. And Jordan, I know you love when people call that out. Like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then he does it yeah. time and time again. But Steph said, no, he maybe this is a top five edit. So we'll see. But I did, I, I looked at the cast. I paused it at one point. And I said, how do you pick a winner from this group right now as we are just entering this episode and obviously high uh, gets voted out here, but you're looking over and you see Lindsay who, as we will get to had a dominant episode winning both challenges. You have Drea, you have Mary Ann who's just found an idol. Drea has all that she has. Um, you have Jonathan who is just, again, that challenge physical beast or at least appears to be, you have Mike, who's so lovable. You have Omar, who's playing this great game. And then, you know, Romeo maybe is the one who's on the outs in terms of a winner. Yeah. But uh, we don't need to break this down now. But just I looked at that cast and I was like, this is going to be a great finish to this season because any one of these players, if we ended tonight, could get w- deserving votes to be crowned the champion of Survivor 42. And they've all been shed in a good light, too. Like there's mm-hmm. not someone who, you know, that's negative about or like everyone, yeah, gets a good edit, but they deserve it as well, right? They're not kind of propping someone up for for no reason. They um this is it's it's such a good cast where you could make a legitimate winner argument for six of the seven players left. I don't think I can make a winner argument for Romeo, mm-hmm. but outside of that, I can make a winner argument for everyone else um that's out there, which is a cool cool spot to be in uh 
so that first group comes back and then Drea's group comes back and they had the emotional tribal. We broke it down for quite a while on the last podcast. Um, but at the end of the day, it was an emotional tribal. Drea lost her idol, but still has the knowledge is power and the extra vote. So she's still in a good spot. And Drea has the amulet as well. Mm-hmm. So not only does she have the extra vote, which is hers, but she has the amulet as well, which is going to come into play a little bit later in this episode um, as well. The amulet advantage at this point in the episode, it is still the best kept secret in the game. Only the people that are involved in the amulet advantage know about it, which I, I think is really good. They've done a really good job at, at keeping that together so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then obviously we'll see Lindsay, Spilling some of the beans of that where you're watching it. Like, okay, why is she doing this? This is what we always say, not to say anything. But anyway, it has been the best kept secret so far. It it has been. That's why I say so far it has been. Um, We head into the morning. It's still raining, I think. And Lindsay and Omer, yes, it is still raining because Lindsay and Omer are sitting on the edge of the shelter. And they're chatting about Jonathan, who's right behind them. But I guess the rain is so loud that it doesn't matter. Did you pick up on that? He's right behind them as they're talking about voting him out. Yes. It was one of those, you know, production pieces where they made yeah. it look like they, I think Drea even turned and saw, and or are they talking about us? But clearly they, no one acknowledged it. I think it was quiet enough. But I wonder if it was a bit of both because I, I've read that, you know, survivor gameplay is just quote unquote damp, dampened by the rain because you're just you know you're all just under the shelter kind of trying to keep dry and you're not able to you know go get firewood leave the camp with whoever to strategize so i wonder if you know it is a bit of both of like okay if we just get far enough to the edge here mm-hmm. uh, can we just discuss jonathan as a as a vote mm-hmm. which let me just say i want to think uh, it's so risky you know before uh immunity challenge like why are you talking about what the time will be you know you don't know who's going to win immunity and Lindsay kind of blew her game completely up. Like, what if Jonathan wins? And then uh, Hi goes back to Jonathan and says, hey, Lindsay, you saying your name, you know? I just want to correct one thing. I said Lindsay and Omer were talking to the ed- end of the shelter. It was Lindsay and Hi that were talking to the edge yes. of the shelter. Lindsay. But Lindsay and Omer did have their walk mm-hmm. where Lindsay was saying Jonathan was putting out Marianne's name. And they just kind of have this moment of like, what's he doing? What's his strategy? And then Lindsay has the confessional line, which I like. If we seem like a pair and he's poor at strategy, she, Lindsay's talking about her relationship with Jonathan. If we seem like a pair and he's poor at strategy, it looks like I'm playing with poor strategy and that's going to get me voted out. And she needs to distance herself from that, even though uh, even though he's an ally for her, mm-hmm. but yes. she needs to distance herself from that. And then Lindsay goes searching for the idol and somehow misses it. She put her hand right where the idol is. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe it could be a height thing. It was hidden up in a tree. So it could be a height thing where she puts her hand there, doesn't feel anything, and she just physically can't see it because she's 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 not the tallest. She's a little bit shorter. Can you there. imagine watching that back? Talking oh, talking about you, you know, not knowing for two weeks after getting voted out some of this what really happened. Imagine her. She may not have known that. She probably didn't. To go back and see that live on TV and be like, Oh my gosh, like I was that close. Like I almost literally touched it and I yeah. missed it. What could the game have been like, I you think, know, after that? I think I spoke on this the last time I was on the podcast, but like you want to pay attention to the cameraman and what they're doing because they're always trying to get the story right. Like if, if they miss a critical beat, like someone's getting fired there. So obviously cameras are on you 24 seven, but if you're looking for an idol, 
be sensitive because the camera lingered on that tree well, like a few seconds after she moved on. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a pretty big red flag right there. So remember that, Andrew, when you go on the show, pay attention to the camera. Pay attention to the camera. We do talk about that a lot. We've said it even recently. Just, you know, do they sh- sh- you follow the camera panning or even just the, would they maybe just do a little subtle cough? Like, hold on, like come back here. Yeah. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> yeah. you know. Oh, right. I love that discussion last week about, you know, help do they not yeah uh the whole ben stuff i i believe that they they nudged stuff ben's way that's that's my own little belief right there nudged i like that yeah that was trent's question uh bring out conspiracy theories for sure so we Lindsay misses out on this uh advantage or this piece of paper that we see and then marianne leaves camp for firewood and she's talking about she wants to go and search for firewood and you know maybe if she stumbles upon something and this probably wasn't a right away thing but right away on the episode she finds it 35 seconds after we saw Lindsay miss it and uh and marianne says a line that i think andrew you are going to appreciate she goes this is my secret and my secret alone yes preach she, it <laughs> preach it she wants to keep this one to herself which i think is the best strategy with the Hidden immunity, I don't, unless you have multiple, like four in your pocket and a really close ally that you could help with those four. Yeah, um, <laughs> I would say there's two schools of thought here when it comes to advantages is, uh, do you keep the advantage a secret, which historically is the uh, survivor at home method. Uh, survivor at home castaways do not tell each other about idols, uh, much to their dismay, looking at you, Katie Ironside and Alex Street. Um, but what I think is also valuable is building trust with your alliance and sharing, Hey, I have an idol. Let's see if we can use this together. Um, could have saved people could have saved some misplays. So I, I'm an advocate for sharing advantages, um, but high risk, high reward, right? So this is calling out a specific person, but I'm not going to say their name. Kel knows exactly what I'm talking about. If you know you have a 100% alliance with someone, you can probably tell them about one or two of your four <laughs> hidden immunity idols. This is truth pocket. telling Thursdays. Actually, I did know so about one. Let's hear one. the name of this person. I did know about one. I didn't know about four, which would have definitely saved me. Let's hear a name. That. Alex Street. It was Alex Street. Alex Street has taken such a beating on this podcast, by the way. I, Alex. I'm your friend and I love you. Okay? Uh, I, Wait I'm a here. second. We're a huge fan. We had a whole episode with Alex about his win. We have not given him a given him a beating on anything. No, no, your guests do. Every time they're on here, I just feel so sad for Alex when uh, he's just sort of cast as a villain. So not not you two, but the guests who come on here for sure do. So Alex, yeah, there's I been a, there's I missed, been a I missed text you. So for the record, Cal is Team Alex or is not Team Alex? I'm Team Alex, okay. and let me just toot my own horn. I voted for the winner all three Survivor at Home seasons I played, and I voted for Jordan, I voted for Alex, and I voted for Lynette. So I like all those people. They all played outstanding games, and I'm I'm in their corner. And they all paid you off, which is just a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that went to you who helped them win in turn, right? That's, yes, that's-, that's right. You did send me more money than everyone else. A few people have done that um, for uh, to buy a drink for the weekend, so thank you. That's for amazing. that just a little hint at future contestants never hurts to uh, bribe the host but no i'm a great man of integrity most of the time anyway Should have tried uh, to bribe Kel. yes i wanted to say marianne's line there too just how she feels vindicated not just strategically but mm. morally as well and again really neat to see after that episode she comes back and she goes out and finds this idol feeling like 
I, I think she said it's like God's watching out for her or something like to that effect. Um, so good, good on her. And just wanted that brings to mind uh, after last week's podcast, we did put the word out to say, you know, if you have thoughts on the tribal, cause we were just trying to process as well with the racial conversation, Lynette winner of survivor home season three uh, reached out and just said, you know, you guys did a good job. But what you forgot to mention was that you shouldn't only just listen to the voices of Andrea and Marianne, but to believe them as well. And I thought that was a good, good line. And just, so thank you, Lynette. Just again, we're, we're learning and I, and I like to learn. I know Jordan does too. And we appreciate the feedback on that. So if you're listening at home, you ever have feedback on, on some of the obviously more serious topics or just the game itself, we'd love to get that. Cause we, we love to learn as well, but good for Marianne. She finds the idol. I hope she keeps it to herself. We shall see, but we get to the next day. Sorry, later on uh, with the rain pouring down, it's a reward challenge and they're all soaking and shaking and shivering. And Jeff says, I got some good news for you. It's not going to be an intense day today. This is a reward challenge. It's going to be fun and on the line, some pizza and some comfort. And you can just see them like the physical reaction an, of just an overnight sleep, not yes. just comfort, but an overnight right. warm blankets and an overnight sleep. And it comes at a point where like, I literally said to myself, look how miserable they are. Everyone is shaking except for maybe Mike who looks miserable. Like it's awful out there. He's just not shaking cold. Unlike everybody else out there. It's unbelievable. The rain is pouring down the wind. Romeo has a line later talking about how, the rain is bad, but also the wind when it's wet, like cuts into you like a thousand knives. I think he said, yeah. um, and it's I, just, oh. yeah. I still remember I made the track team in grade seven and we went to a, a meet one day and it was like that. It was cold, like a spring day. And I was like in my shorts and it was freezing the whole day. You're like pruny and shaking. You have like a five second race and then you're done and you're waiting for the rest of the team. I can still remember that day because of how cold it was. Imagine doing that for days on end and with like just, sand my question sand. to you andrew when you're in grade seven do you actually make the track team or you just sign a piece of paper and show up it was a yes it was mostly that. i grew up in keswick ontario a great uh city here in metropolis uh north of toronto and uh, no very small town so pretty much you were guaranteed but hey i was kind of a good athlete too i like to think anyway i did just run a 10k hey hold on i just ran a 10k run on the weekend for our charity run uh, we do a, a, we're a part of my jobs. I work with youth here in the city um, uh, to run a soccer program. Now they're after school programs. And we did this charity run. Yes. I ran 10 kilometers in just under an hour. And uh, so don't want to brag, but kind of a big deal. Did you guys uh, raise more money than last year or we didn't raise more money than last year. Our goal this year was 15,000. We got to just shy of 11,000, which we're still celebrating. We had a smaller team of people that were, kind of spreading the word so for the right. small team the people did fantastic we were blown away by people's generosity um i, I will say that last year when rochelle was a uh, part of it i did sponsor her and i made sure at the time that she she was beating you so yes was- i remember that in your notes and your donation that yeah i wanted <laughs> you to be above probes i, I recall that nice. it's very kind uh so thank you for everyone who gave jordan you, you know you and your uh, family as well chipping in so yeah, we really appreciate that. If you want to give, it's the, the donations are still open. I'll post that in the show notes as well. It all goes to the ongoing work we're doing here with youth. Awesome. We've got 150 kids signed up for this summer soccer program. Um, and uh, looking forward to that. But yes, thank you for that. 
Um, the challenge on the line, pizza, comfort, and overnight sleep, it is a big deal. And as we uh, see Lindsay makes her way through, I actually thought Jonathan had a good start, but it was Lindsay that gets it. It just had to throw the one bag up and land on the yeah. little platform. And she nailed it and good on her. I mean, Lindsay, just week after week, we talked, remember a few weeks ago, we were talking about her with Jonathan in the water where they go neck and neck. And here she is again, just holding her own and right winning this challenge. Um, really she was so excited to, to win that. Yeah. She was ecstatic and good for her. Like it's hard to win a challenge on survivor. That's a bucket list thing for a lot of people, even if it's only, only air quotes, a reward challenge. Mm-hmm. She, she wins it. She's super excited. I think she even has a little moment where she apologizes for being so excited, but she's like, no, I want it. I, I'm, yeah. I'm happy for it. Yeah. I'm happy for myself. And she has to choose people to join her. And this is a hard part of survivor. I, this is a dynamic that I like is how do you, what's your decision-making process for who you're going to bring with you on a reward challenge? Because Marianne, Drea, Romeo, Mike, Jonathan, no, Mike goes with her. So not Mike, Jonathan and high are standing there shivering cold, literally shaking, nothing they can do about it. And you just pass them by to pick other people who are also standing there shivering and shaking, but you bypass all those people and don't choose them in favor of choosing these people. You and, you can't make everyone happy. And Omer, by the way, he just had like the saddest puppy dog face. He's just like <laughs> shivering. His eyes are just all like slanted to the side and his glasses are just like bringing them out. And he's just like, how do you not choose Omer in that moment? You know, <laughs> <laughs> he, and she went the diplomatic way. Omer, she said, hadn't been on a reward yet. And the only reward that Mike had was the peanut butter and jelly sandwich reward, which great, but. If you want luxurious rewards, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches is not luxurious rewards. Um, hashtag grilled cheese all over again. Uh, hey, um, hey, careful. We had that grilled cheese tonight. Okay. So leave us alone. Nice. Uh, how, I want to ask, how, like, who, how would you guys make that decision? What would you do? Oh, gosh. I would not win it. So I don't think <laughs> you don't want to win. You want to be chosen, right? That's, yeah. that's the move. So are you saying um, you wouldn't win because you don't have the capability or you would choose not to win? I, so, I could probably do the first half. That second half, the bean throwing, oh, I would be garbage. I would that's, be- that's a pretty, like, you got to get one, Kel. It's just throwing one beanbag on. You could do it. Carnival games, though, I'm not good at. So um, as much as I say, oh, I would throw it intentionally, I probably wouldn't stand a chance. But I think the move is to be chosen, for so sure. What if, Kel, you're on the show and your throw, If correct me if I'm wrong, but you're saying you don't have great throwing? Is that what you're getting at? Terrible athlete all around. Terrible athlete. So what if you threw it and it landed on someone else's, like those bowling videos where it's so bad (laughs) and you throw it and it lands on like Drea's platform? Do you get the win or is that Drea? No, you don't get the win. That's happened to Steven Fishback in second chances. He hit someone else's target. (laughs) So good. That's um, but unfortunately, I don't think I would that would probably happen to me. That that is the story. That's a tough go. Oh man. Lindsay goes the diplomatic route. And I think she actually did a good job of just explaining, like, here's what I'm going with. He hasn't been on a reward. He really, Mike really hasn't been on a reward either. I'm going to go the diplomatic route. That's what I'm going to choose. And that's it. And, and it's done and not much blowback. I don't think no one complained about it. Now they probably did complain about it, but Mm -hmm. um, they didn't, they didn't production did not find any complaints significant enough to even hint at. Mm Mm-hmm. At this point, they go back to camp. It is still pouring rain. Poor Marianne is shivering. Romeo gives us a little bit of insight into like 
how insane this is. You're, you're sitting in wet clothes all day long. You're missing home. The high winds cut into you like a thousand knives or, or pierces or something like that. It's just unreal. They need to fix and rework their shelter. Um, and then high gives us a bit of insight into his childhood. Um, mm-hmm. Does one of you guys want to touch on just what high was talking about? Yeah. I mean, he speaks about being uh, a, a family part of a family who immigrated from Vietnam when he was three years old and just reflecting on the fact that his parents gave everything. He lived in poverty and he says this line, he didn't fully explain it, but I knew what he meant. He said, you know, I can see in here on the game that there's kind of like a light at the end of the tunnel. And I think what he was getting at was that for a lot of people, including his own family, there is no light at the end of the tunnel, right? For those living in poverty, especially in third world countries, but even here in Canada and the U S or wherever you're listening, you know, just acknowledging that some people's lives are very, very difficult. And I was thinking this today about something separate, but just how, if you go through hardships, if you go through something like that, it really sets you apart in terms of your ability to cope with uh, pain and challenges. It doesn't mean you're immune from the feelings and the challenges themselves and the difficulty of it, but just to know that, wow, like my parents, we literally had nothing and they did everything they could um, to do that. So good on him uh, to share that. Unfortunately, as he's sharing, you see on online people live tweeting like, oh no, hi, not the, not the family story. Like, could this be the end of you? I know they're doing more of that anyway to try and get us up to speed, but it does, it, you know, you, you do always think, oh, like, is this also the end for high as he's sharing yeah. this? But I appreciate his honesty and openness about that uh crazy right crazy you just yeah. never know what people have been through no you 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 and you don't expect like you don't know what to expect from anyone sharing their story but for him to talk about yeah that like parents giving up everything being so understanding what they had to do to give him the life that they that they tried to and um and struggling through that and being an, an immigrant family and how and, cool to see him on yeah. survivor imagine doing that and sitting back and seeing okay look there's our son like we when you hear these stories and the parents yeah. that do that and then the, the kids do get the opportunity to to do something that you could never do yourself uh just that yeah. pride I, I i don't know if his parents are still living but um just his family to watch i'm sure they're very proud of him and they should be he yeah. played a fantastic game which we can touch on as we wrap up this episode later on but yeah um, yeah, we get to the uh, later on the reward. So this is yes. just to acknowledge. This is the part where High and Lindsay have their conversation in front of Jonathan without actually being in front of Jonathan. Right. Um, where Lindsay is ready to to vote him out because of because um, of some different things that he had done in leading to the last tribal. And High is just happy. He's like, I'm I'm all in for this. If Lindsay is fragmenting from Jonathan, let's go. Let's do it. That's who I need out. And he's. Um, you try to kind of dig it whatever you can. And I think digging it whatever you can is the story of tonight's episode for two people, Hi and Omer. Yes, sir. Well, uh, admittedly, I wasn't paying attention just for a second there. I was looking. (laughs) Good segues, right? We won't even edit this out. I'll shame myself. What they thought about that moment was London Steve. Like, did we get any London Steve text this week? That's that's the real question here. I will get a London Steve call about that part now, especially because I'm me- literally because I mentioned it. I will get a London Steve call later on, and he will mention that he's everyone around the community of Survivor is good at like for me at least not reaching not reaching out to me until after the podcast has been recorded because oftentimes I haven't watched it actually until 
just before we record. So I don't have a lot of survivor conversations until after people have listened to the podcast, which is and nice, London. But- Steve is walk- doing a walk this. He's doing like a five day walk, like 40 K right. one way, 40 way the other. I think it's part of the Bruce trail in Ontario, which is incredible. Yeah. And amazing or, or somewhere. Yeah. Up yeah. So separate. he's at it, but, but that means he's at a commission until yeah, he Sunday. doesn't know. He doesn't, he doesn't know. know. He he hasn't even watched the episode yet. Okay, no. Lynn and Steve, add me to socials if you're not on my socials yet, because I don't think I knew that. That's yeah. awesome. He's pretty low-key on socials slash not at all on there. We're trying to get him on there more. It's good for our branding, good good for uh, spreading the word, but uh, big fan of the show. But yes, I uh, wanted to talk about the reward, because pizza and beer, and a very controversial question that has come up in past conversations, of course, but pineapple and pizza is the question of the day and on the Twitter world blew up with that. And uh, Omar even liked back our tweet on our survivor at home uh, Twitter account about yes, pineapple does belong on pizza, but what say you Kel Sherman about this controversial topic? I have been a vegan for the past four years. So uh, yes, absolutely. Pineapple on uh, pizza. And in fact, I ordered a burger off Skip the Dishes and I had a pineapple slice on my burger as well. So pineapple and everything. Nice. Jordan? I I am not, in general, I am not a fan of pineapple anyways. And I am a fan of pizza. So the two for me just don't go together. I'm not, I'm not the biggest, I'm not a big pineapple person. So I, uh, it might, sometimes it sounds like a bit of a cop out, but I, I, I don't really like it. I do and, not like pineapple uh, in general. Great, great it's question. It's like one of the best fruits. It's so good. It's underrated too. Yes. Oh, great. Here we go. Honestly, Thanks. if you want to get into like a, a business, get into pineapples. I'm telling you, like it's a new orange juice. Big pineapple, man. That's where the money is. Oh, man. Pineapples and pineapple new juice? orange juice. I'm challenging that take to the day. Honestly, do you ever do you ever <laughs> buy the cans of pineapple juice in the grocery store? They're almost hidden because it's not. I'm telling you, they have not got the, the, the a fair push they've been pushed. are pineapples like, being disrespected in this they, world they are they're like on the lower shelf it's the older brother the oranges you know yeah, obviously they don't want to chop up a pineapple it takes some hard work to get there you know like no but that's what i'm saying buy the pineapple juice if you a straight pineapple juice when i used to work at the pub they would have pineapple juice for the drinks i would love when they would just pour a little bit and make someone's drink and then no one else would claim the rest of the can and i would drink easily four or five of those things in a ship it's the best. I would take pineapple juice any day of the week. I'm telling okay. you now, invest in pineapple juice. If anyone's interested in going to business with me, um, I will happily promote it on this podcast and other great platforms. Um, and you guys will look back one day and say, I wish I had have got on board with Andrew with his idea. Andrew's pineapples. Yes. There we go. Doesn't have a good ring to it. I need to catch your name. Anyway, my name is Pete. That'd be fun. Pete's pineapples. <laughs> The alliteration yeah um so the pizza happens and then all of a sudden these weird ghost voices start going on in the background now personally i kind of understood what was going on right away but they tried to make it seem like the castaways didn't know what was about to happen but the ghost voices in the background like your family members are are creeping you was weird it seemed it was very big brother-esque i haven't uh, i don't actually watch big yeah. brother at all i've seen a couple i should i've heard great things but it seemed to me based on what i've heard that those are the kind of the gimmicky things they do is that right kel you're a fan of the show yeah uh big brother it's such a silly thing like you're gonna get like gooped on and you know have to wear a dumb suit it's it's a very silly show great right. concept but in execution i mean just being prepared for it is really ridiculous absurd right 
isn't there like a who's the robot or something that comes oh, out? Oh, the Zingbot. Yeah, so on the American uh, iteration, they have a Zingbot that comes out mid season, right? And has these really zingy puns. Oh man, if I and they're really cheesy. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I can do one. Jordan, your game and survivor was supposed to be the bee's knees, but instead, the bees broke your knees. Wow. Boy. How long? We didn't hold on. That this is a free podcast, Cal. People aren't paying for this, and you've just given them some top-tier content uh in performing that. We didn't give you any show notes before. You didn't know that was coming and it was ready to go. How did you have that? I started that sentence. I had no idea where it was going. You, that was great. <laughs> I was concerned for you because I know myself. I couldn't pull it off. My knees. Yeah, Kel. That's I, why you're on the show tonight, Kel. You another cheap shot at Jordan's game. Thanks, Kel. Thanks. Yes. We appreciate that. Yeah, that's good. All right, I'll bring it back here, guys. We got the the videos. <laughs> we got the voices from above playing. But then, yes, the the light appears. It is the videos. It is the pictures from family and the loved ones. Now, visit from I. Afar. I get they can't do the loved one visit because this is like early 2021. I think that they, that they have this, so they can't do the loved ones visit Mm -hmm. because of COVID at the time. Like totally understand the loved one visit is so nice because it's so personable. And this was like, Hey, we're proud of you. Good job. See you when you get home. Bye. Mm -hmm. And that was all, maybe they said something more in those videos, but that was basically all we got from those videos. Cause I'm sure a survivor can't give them much info um before they record those but it just felt a little like maybe we could have gone without the loved ones in general because it just felt very i agree with what you're saying in terms of that definitely didn't have the emotional feel except for that being that being said it's really cool to see all of their reactions especially mike yes and and his reaction to seeing his his wife and uh lindsay seeing her was it her lindsay's parents or parents and sister i think it was Lindsay and omer's girlfriend that was really cool to see them just for a moment be like oh there's like there's my people there's the people that i trust Mm -hmm. more than anyone in the world um in front of me so that was that's a cool part of it but it's just so generic that yeah yeah, i I think see even at the best of loved ones visits people are so critical of them I mean, you know, people's like moms, people's uh, significant others come around the corner and people are just like, ah, ah, ah. So, you know, tears are flowing and, you know, people at home are like, come on, you know, like you're not really that sad. But, you know, to, to credit this season, of course, past seasons, I think when you're out in this environment where you don't trust anyone to just have like a taste of a loved one, someone you could, you know, tell literally anything and they won't judge you or, you know, they will support you. And even in this small, you know, sample of just like a picture, I, I do think it must go a long way. You it know, does. Especially, yeah. yeah, especially yeah. after you're you're in the rain, you're alone, and you just miss, you know, the feeling of of love, right? Mm-hmm. People are critical of that episode. You're right. Each season, there's the coffee shop owner, big guy's little coffee shop here in the Lakeshore. Been going there for years. And Stephen, if you're listening, always critical of the loved ones visit. But I say the same thing. How could they be faking it? They come around the corner. There are real tears and emotion. It's a real experience. I love it. I'm a, I mean, I'm sappy at times. I think it really motivates people. It really picks them up. Like you said, there's no one you've been able to trust. It's like how I feel when I talk to you guys on a podcast, you get off, you talk to Steph, I feel safe again. Uh, it's a beautiful thing <laughs> and it's, and it's really good. And Mike really values this. You see him after he's the kind of guy, especially 
I think this is actually more significant than we're giving credit here. Him like acknowledging how much that meant to him and thanking Lindsay and, and also kind of Omar by being there. I think this is, I think this is going to be key for him. I think he's going to make some decisions okay. going forward based on Lindsay giving him a chance to see his family on the screen. Interesting. Cause I always like the loved ones visit. Like I think there's so many genuine moments out of there. I get sometimes it's a little bit over the top emotional, but I think back to people like Jeremy in um, second chances was the season he won and his whole um, sorry. No, in, in winners at war, his whole family comes out and it was everyone's whole family in winners at war, but his whole family. And he's so excited to see his um, wife Val and their four kids and like such a good moment. And that's one of literal hundreds of them. Um, with the loved ones visit I personally always like it and the um, the emotion and like you when you're out there you can't fully trust anyone you have to put up some sort of a front to everyone out there even if you do have trust for them in the game you you still have to have a level where you hold back or where you're not quite where you're just not fully vulnerable and your family comes out whether it's a spouse or a parent or a brother or sister and you can just let that guard down with mm -hmm. them. I think it's a really powerful thing. And I think it, is, in a like it really like humanizes each person as you're out there, right? So, yeah. I mean, I guess, Andrew, let's see when you're out there and Steph comes around the corner and you've been playing this like robot game and suddenly you're just like bawling, there's my wife, oh my yeah. goodness. And you know, yeah. people will just see that and be like, okay, this, you know, this person is a pretty- They'll be like, Andrew's not a very good crier. That's <laughs> awkward. <laughs> That's awkward. And it brings yeah. real life. It brings real yes. life actually into the game, right? Who was it a couple of years ago? Gavin. He got married two days before he left for Survivor. Two or three days before they moved the wedding up by a couple of weeks, so he could have the wedding and then head out to Survivor right afterwards. Mm -hmm. And he makes it to Level One visit, and his new wife, who he had been away from longer than they had been married is out there with him on uh, on survivor it just brings it brings real life situations into survivor which i think is really cool so i am a fan of loved ones visit i can get the complaints to a degree but i'm a big no fan. i like no it. i love it i got a question for you guys who honestly who would you bring if you made to loved ones visit and why would it be me okay. first off so myself this season uh you know i'm a single guy in my 30s uh, they would basically show me my condo and be like, great, it wasn't broken into. Yes. <laughs> um, Here's but, your beer. Here's your craft beers. Yeah. Yeah. The collection of craft beers is still intact. Bring tears to your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I would probably bring out um, my cousin, Amanda. Um, you know, she's been like a sister to me for basically my entire life. I don't remember a time when I didn't know her. So that's probably, or my mom, I think it would be so great to, you know, have my mom come out. She never has loved Canada in her life. And I'd probably cry. I, I would probably cry. So mm. that's my answer. So good. What about I, you, Jordan? I, I think it would be an interesting dynamic. It would be either of my parents or my sister. It, that the, the answer is any of the three of them would be um, an incredible experience. Can I pick? I don't think I can pick. They are, I know they're all, well, maybe not, my dad's not going to listen, but the rest of them are definitely going to listen. Okay. Um, and, uh, you're doing yeah. a challenge with your loved one. Which one is it? Mom? My sister. 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 Okay. sister. Yeah. If I'm doing a challenge with them, it's, it's, it's her. Yeah. Right. Cool. That is really cool. Yeah. Early, Gosh. early twenties, very good athlete. It not, not even a question. Shout out to Brooke. Uh, Shout out to Brooke who Shout jumped to in 
last minute with Kel actually into a season after someone called in sick the day of and played a fantastic game and, and rumor has it is interested in applying again for our upcoming event. So very excited. Brooke uh, is a great uh, part of the community and people are very excited that she's considering jumping back in. So I wanted to ally with Brooke, but it just, our, you know, the stars did not align. It did not align. She still will admit she thinks she could have won that survivor at home season three. Like she, it, things didn't go her way in one of the final immunity challenges. And if it had of, she believes she could have, she could have won that um, for sure. Imagine that brother, sister, back to back season champions. That yeah. would have been pretty cool. No, it goes against the policy though. So. <laughs> it goes against the policy. Cal wouldn't have voted her way. Andrew, who would you bring? Steph? Steph, I would definitely bring Steph for sure. That would be awesome. But I, as I alluded to earlier, now that our kids are getting a bit older, they're not obviously at that age yet. But when I see the episodes where people bring their kids on, I now being a parent of kids, I cry like I ball. I'm like that would be so emotional to see uh, one of your kids out there as well. But yeah, Steph, Steph for one of my kids would be would be the answer. How old is your oldest? Uh, seven years old. Seven so. Years old. I think, they, yeah, they brought out obviously the families for winners of war, but uh, previously I think you had to be 18 or over and they made an exception for he who shall not be named from season 39 who was removed. They brought out his 13 year old son. Oh, right. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Eh? Even knowing yeah. the family dynamic there and yeah, so now that knowing what we do. Yeah, that is mm -hmm. too bad. But anyway, that was good. The loved ones visit always a, potentially meaningful time and we'll see if mike really does make some decisions based on that going forward but you can tell it's significant and then obviously if some very important things come out there that omar the kind of the name of this the episode this week he's talking about how high has said to him mike is just a puppet you know he's just using him and this supercharges mike and of course omar then reveals to the side he didn't i didn't say anything like that i'm just making that up but i'm getting mike to believe it and it does it really supercharges him and mike turns to omar after says you know what I, I i know what you're saying is true it makes a lot of sense to me and this is one of those episodes just like Lindsay watching later where she's almost getting that idol i wonder if mike watching that back is like oh so he just lied to me, <laughs> he just lied to me and got me yeah oh, man, yeah you're me. kicking yourself right watching now yeah. um and then of course Lindsay reveals that the amulet uh, is in play and what it is. And, and again, I'm just, I'm sitting there thinking like, why do they do this time and time? This seems just to be the new survivor, but not a fan of that decision by Lindsay, which otherwise is a fantastic episode for her. But I just, one thing with Lindsay is we've talked about a great game that she's playing. She makes great decisions. Mm -hmm. I wonder if this will turn out to be a good decision for her in revealing that to those guys. I don't think so. Maybe that's not. Again, the survivor home view versus, I guess, the other side is, is, is Lindsay building trust or is she just sort of blowing up her game and someone else's game? Unfortunately, we don't know because she goes on to win immunity. Yeah. But I, I really like the idea of just like assessing the situation and seeing if you could use this valuable piece of information to build trust. So yeah, no, people, never don't like it. I, I'm, I'm okay with it. If you're, if you trust your gut, but I can see a situation where I would keep stuff like that. Safe yeah. So the first people outside the amulet advantage to know about the amulet advantage are Mike and Omer. Mm -hmm. So five people in the game out of eight um, at this point know about it now. And what a, that'll be, that'll be, I mean, we'll see what Mike and Omer, especially Omer does with that um, 
with that information. We go into the immunity challenge and it's one that we've seen before, just like every challenge at this point, you're balancing a ball on this bow shape while you're standing on an angled perch. Um, and, uh, and the winner gets a guaranteed spot in the final seven. I like that. Jeff Probst always brings that up. You get a guaranteed spot mm-hmm. in the final, whatever. Cause that at the end of the day, that is part of the, that's the way the game needs to work. You just got to mo- net, get through the next vote, get through the next vote. You win immunity. You don't have to worry about being voted out. You're good to go. Did Roll you hear what on. he said? Did you see what I uh, posted on social media? Jeff Probst's account. He, he was talking like behind the scenes questions that people have. And he, after explaining the challenges to each person, he actually goes and walks them through it all. And then he says, I like to go over and give each of them basically a fist bump and just say good luck to each of them. He's like, cause I'm, I'm their biggest fan. I thought that was really cool. So I watched that just before the episode. So I'm thinking that we don't see it on TV, but he would have gone to each of them, explained it all. And then kind of a little fist bump to each of them saying, I hope good luck to you. Cause I'm cheering for you. And that's, it made me think like, this sounds cheesy, but Cal, you can probably relate running an online reality game, a survivor at home for us. That's how I feel. Like I really value and appreciate each person that plays. And and it's a genuine statement. I just love seeing each of you commit to it and make the videos and come out. And in the challenges, people always ask, like, I think Cal, you asked me like, who, who's your favorite, who's your pick to win? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I just love watching and seeing people play and and i do love those conversations leading up to the event i have a phone call with each contestant just to go over the how the game works and just kind of answer any questions um and just make that connection it's one of the my favorite parts of running the event is just the one-on-one opportunities i have and then to see you all just battle it out and clash in the the arena uh of course is pretty entertaining as well but has that been your experience well, yeah, I guess, you know, speaking uh, producer to producer, our experiences are intense, but just very different. And so one thing that I experience is just lots of one-on-one conversations with, you know, Jordan and Alex and, you know, the many other players that are playing. And one thing that I include on the PDF that I send to players is that, like, I'm your biggest advocate. I'm your biggest fan. Like, you can tell me anything you want and you know I will not pass that information on to you on to others I will not bring it up in you know tribal councils you know I'll pose questions I'll throw things out to you um some people take advantage of me as a quote-unquote take advantage of you know the host some people don't some people will leave me on red some people will just you know you know eh, whatever he's just the host but in my experience like people who utilize me as a resource um you know they 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 in my opinion I think they do better than those who do not so it's it's so fun and it's so crushing at the same time because you know everyone who's in the game like i i have a personal connection with and when i see them get voted out it hurts me it really really doesn't uh you know i'm sure it's the same for jeff when he sees these great personalities you know mm-hmm. they go through casting they go through interviews jeff knows these people inside and out like he yeah. knows and you're um, naturally going to have a draw to certain people like you, it's not wrong to have favorites right like no, you, you do you would have people that stand out that reminds me of my buddy jeremy who played this past season we've known each other forever he is my closest mm-hmm. friend um and i know him he just is very brash and doesn't bite his tongue and just says kind of what he wants i before the season started, I gave him the general rundown, explained things, and I knew in my head he's probably going to get himself in trouble if he doesn't uh, just play it cool at first, just kind of ease in, and then like use your humor. And he's actually very 
wise and very uh, strategic. He he honestly could have done very well, but he just came out guns a blazing, and, and he see, was an easy target. And I just well, sorry, just let me say, I wanted to say that he, I I almost said to him before, don't be like that. Like I almost gave him like a clue, and I didn't. I was like, I want to be objective here and saying like I'll give a lot of feedback and input of the rules and the gameplay, but I didn't tell him he might want to tone that down a bit because I wanted him to just be himself, and that's ultimately what happened he was the first voted out but what were you gonna say Kel? well what i'll say about jeremy is that um yeah he did come in with his very interesting sense of humor which i was like chuckling to myself just quietly as i could because i thought it was so funny yeah he's hilarious um, yeah no he was he was throwing stuff under the bus like every chance that he could and it, it was like some good stuff but and i guess to you know get you know sort of like shift notes a bit so you know life lessons we talk about survivor and so forth like you know i've in my own life like i felt like an outsider at many points in my life and one thing that survivor does for me is just sort of like the social pressures that come along with it i definitely sometimes feel i have felt on the outs and we look at you know the immunity chain where in both seasons i was at risk for going home just being passed over and so to just bring it back to i guess jeremy so like he targeted me, like he voted for me in the first tribal council, him and Steph. And so a question that I would have for Jeremy is like, how did I stand out above the other people in the tribe? Like, why was I targeted? Mm -hmm. You know, and we talk about, you know, sort of triggering life moments from playing survivors. Like, oh, this just brings me back to, you know, feeling like an outsider. <laughs> so, so that's something that I was never able to pose to Jeremy, mm -hmm. you know, post game because he didn't stick around. But yeah, that's that's just something that you know stuck with me from the start of my. Yeah, own. well, I I mean he could speak for himself, but he did tell me specifically as well that it was because of the Jenga blocks that you I had instructed everyone to have Jenga blocks for the challenge, and when he found out that you didn't, he was throwing your name out as the obvious choice. Um, so that's what he had told me. Um, but interesting. First of all, thanks for sharing that, Kel, because I I know that's a real experience you're talking about, or many real experiences. Yeah. Um, and it, and it also reminds me of like Marianne, like a few, I think it was last week or the week before where she's talking about like, is it me? Like, is there something wrong with me? And we t discussed that on the podcast that those real emotions, of course, they would come out if you're looked over or you're not included in a vote. Like, is this the same thing that's happened to me in my past for other reasons? Um, and the emotion is real. So just thank cool. you for, for sharing that. Yeah. Thank yeah you. And thank you to season one winner, Josh who uh, came up with a brilliant idea to everyone cast a vote for someone else because I was definitely in the hot seat for not having Jenga blocks. And he, in my opinion, saved my butt. So <laughs> thank you, Josh. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Josh Buck, season one champion. Yeah. So um, yeah, go ahead. Let's, let's get back into the immunity challenge here. Um, Cause the real life uh, situations is, um, is a topic that we could spend on all day uh about survivor um we get into the the challenge and it comes down to jonathan versus Lindsay at the end and they're moving down the perch to the most narrow the most narrow part of it and they stand up jonathan's feet are literally too big for the perch to try and balance on um which <laughs> a major disadvantage for him but also did either of you think this was a discussion with who I was watching with, with my family, who I was watching with, this is a discussion that we had. Jonathan's ball was always moving the whole time through the challenge. Do you think he was just doing that 
not necessarily on purpose, but enough where he was just understanding the dynamic and how to recover it the whole time so that when he'd be in a little more trouble, he'd know how to stop the ball as it's rolling. I think so. It's, I think it might, it's, I don't know if this is the exact same, you know, when you have a ping pong paddle and you're trying to bounce a ball as many times as you can up and down. If you said do that or like hold it just flat in the paddle and just try to keep it still, there's something to like bouncing it where you're like, at least I'm in control of the movements. Right. And if you can get it seemed to me like he was just back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. Like he, he was just feeling the control of it. it. It actually seemed like a good strategy, but of course the balancing piece is what ultimately I think threw him off. Totally. I think it's, you know, all forearms, all ankles. And that guy is literally all forearms. Mm-hmm. So he probably <laughs> was just testing the limits of how far the ball can go. And I mean, yeah. If your forearms are able to, uh, you know, maneuver that half steering wheel, whatever that is, then then yes. Um, but I yeah, I believe Jonathan is just playing physically at such a higher level than everyone else that he he can take advantage of you know every muscle group in his body and and just gain these challenges right strategically. Oh, lots to be desired, but like physically, um, I yes, I would I'd be sitting on that side. Yep. Yep. So he and Lindsay end up being the last two and eventually the purchase is too small for him. So he falls off. Lindsay wins her second challenge in a row. She's all of a sudden been in a couple of those. You, Andrew, you referenced it earlier. She's been in, at the end of a couple of these individual immunity challenges and now wins a reward, wins this immunity. This episode is kind of turning into the Lindsay show a little bit. Um, what she wants done is, is happening so far. She's won both challenges and the whole setup is now it's Mike or, it, or sorry, not Mike. It's either High or Jonathan who will be voted out. And the last line we get before commercial from Mike, High thinks he is the king. The king will be dethroned tonight. Um, Mike is pretty confident in that. We're set up for higher Jonathan. And we head into uh, the pre-tribal time. And there's a bunch of different conversations going on here. Um, throughout high's grateful that Jonathan didn't win. Cause he wants to target him right away. Um, Jonathan keeps the mood light with his monkey run. That was a top five. What is going on here? Moment of this episode. <laughs> that was um, random. <laughs> for sure. Um, uh, hi, um, uh, Jonathan being vulnerable in this tribal is like, it might be their only chance. He could go on an immunity run, which we all know is possible. Uh, might be their only chance. And then the meeting of the minds high and Mike, where we're all pretty sure Mike doesn't want to work with high, but there's still this moment of talking about giving his word to him or not. Um, and Mike says, I don't have a handshake agreement with Jonathan. Um, but then also on the back end says, I'm not going to be high's puppet. Um, he wants to reassure high that he gave him his word, but also doesn't want to be his puppet. This is like, is this peak Mike right now that we're seeing where he's playing strategically and, um, yeah, is this, is this peak Mike? So I am so out on Mike, by the way, I know everyone's like fanboying over Mike, (laughs) Jordan, your face is dropped. See, (laughs) I think. Mike is playing such an emotional game going all the way back to the Chanel uh, vote where uh, Dan, Danny goes home and Chanel throws a vote on Mike and Mike is livid. He's 
you know, basically the worst Survivor sort of line. It's like, I can play the game of Survivor, but how dare you also try and play this game? You know, it's like, Mike, you voted for Chanel. Chanel can vote for you and you should be okay with it. Like, just his inability to not acknowledge his hypocrisy in that moment. Like, I can't get over that. Like, I literally cannot get over that. I, and then he I, goes on a war path against Chanel. I think you do the Natalie Anderson, you know, you, you know, you just keep to yourself, you just tuck it away for later, and then you just do your best to get that person out. What he did, in my opinion, was so, such an emotional reaction. Fast forward to this episode where he hears Hi is going after him, and he's suddenly in a war path, an emotional reaction against Hi. He is playing an emotional game right now. I'm going to throw it out there. Mike okay. is not going to win this game. Okay. So to your point, though, I don't get people reacting big time to receiving one vote. Like that's happened even in Survivor at Home. People react big time to receiving one vote. I laugh because the first vote um, that I ever saw in Survivor at Home had my name on it. Um, but I just laugh at that. Like I'm not emotionally attached. And also the person who voted for me went home in that vote. So whatever. But, so one that's um, <laughs> right. But like the first vote I ever, but I didn't get upset if I saw my name once. And I don't understand people getting that upset for seeing their name once. Like you're right. It is a game where you have to vote and everyone's vote has to land somewhere. And the person who's getting voted out is going to vote for someone who's not them, right? And so this emotional reaction, Mike isn't the only one who's had the emotional reaction to receiving one vote that we've seen, but he is a big example of that. And he has been playing an emotional game. He does have a moment earlier in this episode where he talks about um, not wanting to play emotional or his, his wife is like, do what you do best and win. And he kind of has that realization of, um, and even him wanting to go after high here is a little bit emotional, but it's also like, you've given high your word for a long time in this game. And now he realizes he needs to go back on that because it's not, it might not be what's best for his game. And so he's towing the line, I think, on the emotional versus strategic a little bit, um, in my opinion. So I, I kind of differ a little bit from you, but, but he's, he has had those emotional moments for sure. Yeah, I don't mind his emotion, right? I, I think it's your personality out there. You are yourself. And so he is similar to Roxroy in that he's very principled and tries to live by his word although even in this episode he said you know i didn't lie to someone and then we learned earlier on yeah he did like he, he shook hands with rock story and still voted him out but i get it i get someone like mike who is wanting to play a principled game it's it is hypocritical at the same time as you're saying he doesn't acknowledge this is the game of survivor and i think at the end of the day they're playing it up in the production side too in his in his little confessionals but i don't mind it i like mike a lot i think He's just a very likable guy. I, I agree with you, Cal. I don't think he's going to win because that kind of game, you, you just have to be a little bit more self-aware. And as we see, they're portraying him at least as being deceived here by uh, Omar. So I don't think it's going to work out for him yeah. in the end. My, but. my uh, call for Mike, Mike is not going to win this game. He's going to come back for second chances part two. And he's going to go pre-merge because he's trying to play a different game. That Ooh. is what makes it. Wow. Just so... You also said a line about a principled game or another way you could say it is an honest game. Kel, what the heck does an honest game mean? Because I get, I've heard that sentence a lot of times, especially surrounding Kel's survivor and people want to say this honest game. What does that mean? Because one, I didn't experience it from those who were supposed to be playing an honest game. So there's that, but two, 
how like what does that even mean i don't i don't get it you have moments in survivor where you're gonna have to either lie or you're going to have to be untruthful if you don't want to lie you're gonna have to be untruthful what does an honest game mean uh an honest game is basically uh compromising uh what you think is honesty and then also revisionist history right so like you don't get to the end without burning a few bridges without telling a few lies um I mean, you can try your best to sort of shut out the people that you're voting for, but I mean, you're also not going to get their vote at the end of the day. So I sort of laugh at the idea of people who try to play a principled game in Survivor. Like it's, it's cute, you know, like look no further than coach. Um, but uh, I, I don't think it's possible. Coach, it, you know, ended up, coach ended up a villain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he was on the villain's tribe. Yes. I think the villains tribals also just cast for you know how their edit portrayed them, but yeah, but uh, I, I don't think it's possible. That's not the game of Survivor. I mean, do we walk into the game of Risk uh, thinking that you know, oh, I'm going to play the principles? Like, no, no, absolutely not. I, I'm going to like get you all out of this game one way or another, and I'm not going to apologize for it. You know, so it, it's just it is what it is. Yeah. The honest game thing just really everyone wanted to try and sell me a narrative that people we're playing an honest game. And I was probably the only person that didn't experience that moving on. Um, Drea, uh, Drea and who was it? Drea and Lindsay are having yeah. a conversation about Jonathan or high. And they kind of landed on high and Drea has a, a cool line, I think, which is, I just see my husband watching this game with me and saying, why did you not vote him out? Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you get him out for that? Very self-aware very self-aware for that reason she's got to vote high she's like he's he's got to go this is the chance we get that jonathan is um is the physical threat but i wonder if some people are looking at jonathan and going like if i'm someone like drea if i make it to the end with jonathan do i think i can beat him because i kind of do think i can beat him in a final three situation mm -hmm. well this makes me think of the uh, we have another audience question actually from rochelle uh bragg and she asks which player do you think generally is has the best read on the game not necessarily the best physical player or strategic because I, and I wonder, is it Drea? Just these kind of comments that she keeps making of almost taking herself outside of the game and being aware. But what do you think with such a great lineup? Who is having the best read? Who has the best read on the game at this point? Oh, Omer for sure. Like Omer hands down and yeah. like look no further than this past episode where he sees Mike having this reaction to, high and how high has been talking with him and treating him and you know oh my word is you know no longer good yada yada and omar capitalizes that on you know after this big emotional day of seeing family it's like well you do know what high said about you right high said this and so high is or sorry omar is just reading the situation perfectly i'm i'm loving how he's you know not stopping i'm getting tony vibes from omar if i'm being completely honest so we'll see how the season ends for him but that is my answer. And Canadian. And a Canadian. Oh, interesting. Omer is a good one. Dre is a good one um, as well. I think the my top three in that category are, are not in any particular order. Omer, Drea, and Lindsay. I think Lindsay has mm -hmm. a really good read on the game as well in what's going on. You could debate whether or not we like that she shared the amulet advantage, but at the end of the day, she shared it and it worked out for her uh, in that moment and got what she wanted through it. Um, and gaining some allies along the way. So I think those three have really good reads. And I think it's also a process of elimination. We know Romeo doesn't have a great read on the game, or at least we make that assumption that he doesn't have a great read on the game. Mm -hmm. Mike, I think, has a good read, but not a great read. He 
does play with his emotion. This is where you can see that he say that he plays with emotions and it blinds him a little bit on that. I don't think Jonathan has a great read on the game and I don't know where Marianne sits on her read on the game. Mm -hmm. Um, That goes up and down, but she, she goes from moments of coasting to moments of thriving. And I'm not sure where the happy middle is for her. So I think those three are the top, top three at this point. And to circle back to Lindsay, I really like how this episode really, obviously she wins two challenges, but I feel like she really got her flowers this episode. She's had such such a quiet season. Like we haven't heard her thoughts or really, you know, not a lot of confessionals from her, but we really got a big highlight on Lindsay this this episode. And I was a bit worried that she actually might go. Mm -hmm. um, This is, no, this is definitely the Lindsay show. This episode is the Lindsay episode. She got, she got all the love. She got the strategy. She got what she wanted. Um, and then, so we go through that. Did you hear her laugh, on- by the way? The, Dre and Lindsay sitting there talking, and they both chatting with Jonathan. And then they have, I mean, Dre is ominous laugh, but Lindsay almost joins with it. I thought that was just a pretty funny uh, moment from these two women. And I mean, they're powerhouses. Both of those could be, mm-hmm. as you just said, that self-awareness, the awareness, mm-hmm. the read on the game. They could be at the end, guaranteed. Like, it's, it's, it, it really could happen. So, and then we get one of the weirder moments of this episode. High wants to make Jonathan feel comfortable. And um, he tells, High tells Jonathan he's got an idol and he's going to play, play it for Jonathan if he needs to, because he wants to get Romeo out. And immediately, again, I love Survivor cuts because immediately cut scene into Jonathan telling Omer that that's the worst lie he's ever heard. Not only does High tell me he has an idol, but that he's going to play it for me. Who not, there are not many situations in recent survivor where you play an idol for someone else. That is not common at all. No, he knows he's no way, no way that high is actually going to play an idol for someone else. And speak this into existence in the next survivor at home season, someone will play an idol for someone else. Scout out John Matthews. Yes, John Matthews. Oh yeah, he did that. Yeah, he that was a huge. That. that was a he played a solid game. He's going to be back for sure. Just uh, yeah. really underrated, I think. And uh, but seeing him behind they, the scenes, John, Matthew, John Matthews turned me down for this last season that I ran. He said things are just a bit too crazy for him right now, but maybe in the future. Maybe in the future. That's, no, and that's fair for for him to say that too, because if things are crazy for you. It, Kel's survivor is a tough thing to join if things are crazy in your life at that moment. <laughs> is your life going? Are you having a tough life? Yeah, my well, son. You want to make it worse? Play Kel's survivor. Yeah. Well, that's what I say. I try, I build it into your work day. So, I mean, you could do as much or as little as you want. It ends up being a lot, but that's my selling point. I love it. Uh, Marianne, Lindsay, Omar, and Jonathan, the Taku four still, it seems, are going to survive this vote after Lindsay seems to think, you know, Jonathan was who I wanted to go for, but everyone else is throwing it high. So I'm okay with that too. Um, I did, we don't have to spend long on this, but the Taku four, they make it through this vote. If it is the four of them getting to that last four, who do you think wins? Who do you think has the best shot out of them? So who are the Taku four again? I, I don't know. Marianne, Omer, um, Lindsay and Jonathan are the Taku four. Marianne, Omer, Lindsay and Jonathan. Okay, well, I have some questions that I want to bring to the table. And my number one question is winner rankings for the top seven. Like who from like one to seven are you guys' winner rankings? So I, I have a list right in front of me that I will quickly run down. It will answer your question, uh, Andrew, uh, but also highlight who I think is going to win this whole game. 
So you're asking based on what we've seen on TV, who yes. is most deserving to win? Well, I guess it depends how, winner, you, how you call a winner. How would you? So I, you know, reading the edit, reading what other players are saying about them, how they're doing on the show, who you want to win, I don't know. Um, but on the top of my list, for those four, who's not at the very top, is Omer. I think Omer is playing an outstanding game. Um, and I do agree he might, you know, be the, the fan favorite who gets axed right for the finale and you're just heartbroken, which would be devastating. But I think Omer, if he gets there, you have to vote for Omer. And, you know, the dangerous thing about Omer is we're seeing a lot of his game, but are the people on the island seeing it? That's, that's the, that was the question yeah. that came that's to mind. the Xander question, right? That's the Xander question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so just really quickly. So my winner rankings for this trip. Yeah. One, I think mm -hmm. Trey is going to win this. Trey is going to win. You know, she's playing an amazing game. She has everything, and she's well loved. Trey uh, is number one. Omer, number two. Jonathan, number three. Marianne, number four. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mike, someone's missing. Mike. Oh no, there's Mike. Mike. Number someone's four. still missing. Lindsay. Yeah. What? N number seven at the bottom of the barrel. Romeo. Yeah. Yeah. So Romeo, no shot, no shot. See, my my issue with Lindsay is that you know we just have not had enough of Lindsay throughout the season to to justify her win. Shout That's like Erica. Erica from last season. Yeah. There were breadcrumbs for Erica. You know, I you know you could definitely see in the pre-merge there was not a lot of her, but there was enough. I don't think there was enough of Lindsay. So yeah. Yeah. controversial. Controver I I would have Lindsay ahead of well one I would have Jonathan lower and I would have Lindsay ahead of well ahead of Jonathan I would have put Jonathan six I think I think I would have gone Romeo seven Jonathan six Marianne five and then Mike four Lindsay three uh, Omer two Andrea one nice. would be my would be my list bottom to top um, nice. I think but I, I I'm with you on the I've been I think I've been on the Drea train most of the time through. Um, with her but yeah i'm with you on that she's playing a phenomenal game and even just the little instances in this episode were really good for her. omar then is talking you're not about gonna ask me my opinion oh yeah go for it andrew <laughs> sorry give us your winner rankings please all i'm gonna say is this another uh hourglass moment jeff says if you play this heather from last season comes back into the game and they do it, and she comes back with a late push, redeems herself in the challenge with the balls rolling down, runs through, gets it, diving in slow motion, gets to the finale, and wins Survivor 42. I, Heather is a fever dream. I mean, was Heather really on season 41? <laughs> you know, like, who is this woman who is just on the show? Appears periodically. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance? No, she's not going to be on Second Chance Part 2. Uh, she will never be invited back for any future iteration of Survivor. But we will forget about her in three seasons. That's <laughs> such a weird... Like, when you look at this season and you go, everyone, even you talk about Lindsay, not, that's not getting a lot of Lindsay. We've gotten a lot more of Lindsay than we got of Heather last season. And Heather was a finalist in the... Yeah, she was in the final three, yeah, right? And we got almost nothing of her, yet we get so much more of every single person out there, even those who we don't get a lot of. We don't get a lot of Lindsay. We don't get a lot of Romeo. And we get a ton more of those two than we ever got of Heather. And even we didn't get a lot of Erica. Pre-merge, we got nothing of Erica. But along with basically that whole tribe, we got nothing of them. 
Um, Could you imagine being Eric, or Heather at her watch parties? Like, all right, guys, you're gonna have this great line in this confessional. The producer asked me, and stuff. she basically just didn't exist. Nothing for like seven zero. Weeks. Yeah, like I saw. I was looking at a, a tweet the other day, and they were showing um, stats of who gets what confessionals this season and it's pretty well spread out there's people who obviously get more than others that's the way it goes i to see last year's would have been crazy the last seasons would have been crazy because heather would have had like three see i don't like looking at the i agree with what you're saying i don't like looking at those charts though i see them pop up very interesting but i just don't like to be swayed with things that are outside the game i don't if if it's like an official thing see i I didn't look at it i didn't look at it as something that's swaying i just looked at it it probably isn't but i just yeah i just it's like when there's a movie coming out and someone sends me a review or I'm like, no, nope, I don't want to know anything. But they're like, no, just this, just this character. I'm like, no, I don't want to know anything. Don't just, I want to be entertained. I want to watch. And so that is my take on it, but let's you know, run. Uh, plugged in to see uh, the uh, Christians today's reviews on the movies you watched beforehand. What did you, so you got to say that again. Cause I, well, it's, a it's, lot it's to take in website. It tells you all the all the offensive stuff in the movie. Oh yes, that was part of my upbringing. Well, you know what? Because I ran the youth program, so we would start to show movies on occasion to like for a community youth night. And you, it's funny when you watch a movie uh, with a group of students who you're kind of have to speak to their parents after. You realize you pick up all like the innuendos and inappropriate comments. Whereas if you watch on your own, you're like, oh, this is fine for kids to watch this movie. So I had a few funny movies <laughs> moments like that, but anyway oh man so let's let's just before the last thing on pre-tribal omer is talking about wanting to change things up maybe still wanting to get high that's kind of his target more than uh, or sorry don't want to get jonathan that's his target more than more than high he tells romeo who we basically don't see romeo at all in this episode um and then omer starts to talk to high and immediately i'm like omer don't tell high it's him don't do it don't do it don't do it. and he doesn't so we're good um, cause that wouldn't have been fun. That would, well, it would have been fun, but that wouldn't have been good for Omer's game. If he tells high that the plan is for everyone to vote him. Like the classic line I go back to is when, um, in season 40, uh, winners at war and Tony goes right up to Jeremy and says, they're coming for you. Who's coming for me. Everybody is coming for you right now. And then they changed the vote and they got Sophie out in that moment. But, um, I just feel like that wasn't going to work in this situation. No, and he doesn't seems- tell high. It seemed like it was almost produced, to be honest. That seemed yeah, more like they said, okay, we need like a secondary story here. Uh, someone up against. Oh, we all you know, knew what was high. So I didn't believe Omer for a second when he was I, talking about it. That was my question to you guys is who did you believe was going home after like going into tribal? Hi, 100%. 100%. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. It's like, no, they're trying to set up the secondary. The, and like, no way. Did not. The more it. interesting thing about this tribal was high's reaction and how they treated him going into it mm-hmm. not who was going home yeah he because believed that he was he was safe. safe yeah and even Lindsay gives her we'll go into tribal now Lindsay gives her diplomatic answer um first about the fallout on reward she's pretty diplomatic about it but then also um she talks about you know you want to even the playing field and right away jonathan steps in he's like i don't know what that means i feel like it's bad for me he didn't say it feel he feels like it's bad for him but we all know that's what he should be thinking but he goes i don't know what it means but i'm trying to kind of sort through that and uh and i think that helped high feel a little bit more comfortable in his right. situation. and jonathan seemed genuinely like uh like is that me right when when she yep. made the comment, I, I thought that was almost overstepping to say that. 
but so yeah he's tripping over his words he's processing it i'm like okay is is it actually me am i is kind of the decoy plan you can mm -hmm. see the gears turning you can almost hear them yeah i i would be shaking if i was jonathan after hearing that sentence but great great play by Lindsay to throw high off yes and now let me bring up the most significant moment in travel council let's see if you guys can get it mary i know what it is let's let's hear it so Marianne starts to explain about how, and it's actually a pretty cool explanation about how this moment in Survivor and voting people out is like Jenga, because you, you've you got to take out a block, but does someone else want to take out that block? And that block's going to come into play later. And she does this whole long explanation, basically like what I'm doing. And then it goes back to Jeff Probst. And he asks Jonathan if he got it. And Jonathan says, yep. And Marianne's fist pump seen around the world yes um in that moment the most requested survivor gift survivor at home twitter was super excited to get that gift um out yeah, there because that was that was a great moment it was amazing it was really cool and so if you've made it this far into the podcast we want to thank you for listening this far we're going to throw out another little audience uh prize draw but this one you got to work for a little more so in survivor at home we use jenga blocks for some challenges and some of the contestants are pretty traumatized for it. But what we want you to do is take a picture of yourself playing Jenga or with a bunch of Jenga blocks, either stacked or played it on a table. Take a picture and tag us on Twitter at Survivor at Home. If you don't have Twitter, make one, follow us. And uh, we're going to, whoever does that before next week's episode, we're going to enter you into a draw uh, for your very own signed Jenga blocks by hosts jordan and andrew of the survivor at home podcast and of course we'll throw in a ten dollar coffee gift card as well so please do that what if you run at the same problem cal sherman did and all you can find is tumbling tower <laughs> i told cal okay cal and i are very good friends here we have great respect for each other but that was the only moment i've been annoyed with cal where even days weeks before i was like you need authentic jenga blocks and then like the week of, I was like, did you get your Jenga blocks? You got to have them because there's challenges. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get them. And he shows up to Survivor at home after hundreds of hours of my preparation and Katie too. And then he's like, oh, I don't, I just have these tumbling tower blocks or whatever it was. So no, they got to be the real blocks going forward. And, uh, but I've forgiven you in my heart, Kel. I've moved on. And uh, thank you. Yeah, it was, it was brutal. I expected one challenge, but like there's like five challenges where it involved Jenga. I was... It's like the water, like, no, it's like the water in this season. There's a lot of challenges in the water in our season. There's a lot of different challenges with Jenga blocks. They weren't all the same, but yes, people are very scarred by the Jenga blocks. There were no Pokemon Go yes, challenges. And, uh, throwback to uh, last, East, last episode's guest, uh, Tyler Simcoe, who, uh, sorry, but he, he did such a he, terrible job. He did awful. That yeah. really saved my butt again because I was on the chopping block for not having Jenga blocks but it did not get to me because he could not finish in time. So thank you, Tyler, for saving Suck my For yeah, being terrible. <laughs> Thanks, Tyler. Oh man. So we go through, we go through that Jenga explanation. Jonathan tracks it. Marianne with the fist pump heard around the world. Um, and that's really it. Again, we're back to Lindsay talking about the even playing field. Uh, there's no advantage played, no idle played, and Jeff Probst goes to read the votes. And again, ask you the same question Cal asked us before. Do you have any doubts on who's being voted out at this point? 
No, it's high, hundred percent. Yeah, and it's all about where the votes gonna. What's the order that the votes are gonna be read, and how many votes are gonna land on high, and how many aren't? Um, Probst is reading the votes. I think it was high, Jonathan high, Jonathan. So for a two-two, and then everyone else voted for high, and so he was voted out. What was that? Five mm-hmm. or four? Four two? Five two? Six two? Six two? Six two. Right? Yeah, there was six eight. two. He was voted out. The other vote. Do you guys know who the other vote was? Yeah, yeah. Romeo. Romeo. Which I wonder I, why. Well, I heard someone else talk about this. I don't know where this past week someone said, I think they're not showing that High and Romeo actually are still working together. Because there's been a few things like this. So like, why would they vote the same unless they were working together still? And because Romeo was even shown to be close with uh, other players. as well. Who did he tell? Omer. Like Omer. Yeah, he's like, I'll vote with you, whatever. You're the only one I really can believe so i i think maybe they're not showing us that in fact high and romeo at least had to have had a conversation that where they're going to vote the same way yeah because for him to be the only one not to vote that way when we know he was told they were going to be voting high in that moment um yeah it's it's a little bit confusing but oh well i mean it's it's a 6-2 vote it kind of cements the storyline that we've been fed so far that Romeo's kind of left on the outs and he's doing his own thing. And he's really the only one that I can't make a, I personally can't make an argument for him winning at this point, but anyone else, anyone else you could, um, high's reaction. I, high goes right. He gets voted out, smile on his face. Well played gang. OMG. That was amazing. That's how I wanted to go out. I cannot sympathize or empathize with this at all. Being that, okay with being blindsided like that um that's not for me cal you had a you have like two minutes on this um on this attitude of when you get voted out yeah so i think that's definitely goals you know like uh blindside goals even last week to tori who was not blindsided to just go out of a positive attitude and to just be like yes like i'm this is okay i'm happy especially you know hi who is like clapping his hands and you know just thrilled that he was blindsided if i ever play the game i hope to go out that way but of course in reality i'll be crying and just thinking about all the people i let down in canada and my survivor communities but oh man good for them you know that's that's uh they're the the real winners with attitude do you think it's a little bit easier not easier but a little bit of a easier pill to swallow in that moment when you are not going back into the rain and the cold and you get a shower and you get food and you get to relax and you get a bed and you get food and you get food and you get food. <laughs> like, do you think it's a little bit of a, you can just accept it a little bit more um, or oh, accept it in that moment. And then yeah. you come back to the next tribal looking all fresh with a scalp uh-huh. in your face. Yeah, totally. And you just get to just stare daggers. You guys into are soft, soul. man. You don't want to, it's Survivor, like Mike said. You can this. We're playing a game. We can and we can rest later. What that would not be any concept. He would cry. Oh. Okay, I'm gonna see Mike's reaction when he gets voted out. He he will be. Oh, 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 if he gets if he gets cold hearted, blindsided like I did. Oh man, all the emotions would come out. I want to see. I don't think there has been Ponderosa this season, but I would want to see. No, did you hear? They're not doing it. I've seen I've seen a lot of tweets about they're not doing it. Yeah, apparently it's not happening. It's very upsetting. That's like a hidden gem. They really need to play that up. I mean, that's how you get even more of a fan base. Those 
extra pieces like big brothers additional footage Uh, i'm disappointed for sure but hopefully they'll bring it back here's a question here's a question to close out talking about this tribal did they make a mistake not voting for jonathan no because kel you have jonathan third on your list in terms of people to win this game there's only four more immunity challenges he could conceivably win three of four four of four five of four um did they make a mistake in not voting jonathan uh i can see jonathan making it to the top five and to the top four and then at that point you know they have the fire making challenge um do i think jonathan is a contender to like win win the game you know sitting next to dre and omer definitely not i mean if no. jonathan is next to let's say like a mike and a romeo i think you know you gotta drag romeo as far as you can at this point um he's gonna mm-hmm. be in the final three right yeah i mean yeah he has to be. uh Overall, yeah, maybe over the course of the discussion, Jonathan has been going lower, but I I don't think Marianne, Mike, I think they're all sort of on the same tier as the game of inches between those three. And then Lindsay and Romeo are just very much at the bottom. So I- It's interesting how recency bias plays into it. Sorry to cut you off there, Kel. Oh, what were you going to say? No, go ahead. All you, recency well, bias. Just, just recency bias because we talk about Erica last season, zero footage in the first half and comes in and, and really ramps up her game and gets, you know, enough positive play to get, get the win at the end. But Jonathan starting off an incredible game, but really the second half has been dwindling, really painting him as having no social strategy whatsoever and even making some semi-controversial statements, however you want to take that from last tribal. But just interesting to see Will he'd be able to bring it back and say, guys, don't forget what I did that first half of the game. And will that be held up with as much weight as someone who didn't do much at the start, but really took off in the second half? Oh, no. Anything that happens uh, pre-merge is garbage. It doesn't amount to anything. You know, it's it's great for building relationship, but like the true game starts at the merge. So, well, it, it was it last season where, uh, who, which one of the contestants uh, was talking about how uh, Danny was talking about like the three, I think it was his question, the three parts or the multiple parts of the game, like timeline wise. I really like that breakdown. Like if you, it changed how I th- would think about asking questions and answering to say, let's, let's kind of go through a court case. The first, let's say the first pre-merge, who was like the strongest contestant there. And I could, you know, Jonathan could argue, I was perhaps the, the best one come, you, t- you did your power ranking. Jonathan could make a case. I was near the top, if not number one there. And then you go to the post-merge and, and that's where you obviously have to explain yourself. And then you get close to the finale and your, your final gameplay there. But I think, I think he really remember those early episodes where we were joking about how this guy is probably the most physically uh, dominant player we've ever seen on survivor. So that's got to count for something. Does but then you go back to your Danny example and he votes for his friend Deshaun. So I don't know if you know. Once again, the only good thing about the start of the the pre-merge is building up the relationships, which I guess Deshaun did with Danny. But I mean, I think Erica should have won with a clean sweep. I I do think Deshaun, or sorry, uh, Danny should have voted for Erica over Deshaun. I think she answered this question so well, but. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all entitled to our own vote survivor, and so we can't really, you know, we can critique them, but I mean, every survivor is entitled to vote the way they want. Alley votes are tough and can be questioned. Um, 
I wonder what would be, I wonder what would happen hypothetically, and we're way past our time and that's okay. But the fans are if, happy about that. They are. Yeah. There are, I know Trent is listening intently. Um, he played, long episodes. Yes. He, he plays it on double speed for real. Did you know that? Uh, I didn't anyway, know that. Yeah, he does. I do not. I, I need it out. I could never, never do it. I yeah, I go, I go half speed just to make sure I catch every, everything. <laughs> anyway, I sometimes will go one point two speed, but that's so, about it. Yeah, no, I couldn't. I need real time. I gotta feel it. But anyway, imagine. I just this is a hypothetical. But if they took the voting like they do in some awards, where there's a one first, second, and third, and they have a point system based on first place votes are are worth you know, 10 points, second place is worth five. I don't know what it actually is. And then third place is worth three or something. Um, and then I wonder if that would change any votes because the re- you hear comments about like the way people vote, but at the end of the day, you have one vote if you're on the jury. So I just, you know what I'm saying? Would that, would that influence anything differently? Well, I mean, survivors at the very end, you're voting, you know, a jury of your peers has to vote for you, right? It's not like a jury of your peers has to like have a weighted vote for the finalists. I don't know. I I, I like the just the single single vote. But wouldn't that be more true to? And I'm just thinking out loud. But wouldn't that actually be more true to who's the most deserving? Well, because but then it becomes rank- a then it becomes a math equation when you have certain amount of points versus just who gets the most votes. And no, but I it, mean that. But that is what it is. It's the votes that get you the points. And it's based on, sure, there could be come down to like a weird, like split by one or two numbers. But I'm what I'm saying is, there are times where it's like, all these people could be deserving at the end or deserving for different reasons. But in my mind, okay, I'm giving I think overall the most value to this person. Uh, so Erica, I'm gonna give her the first place. But man, like Xander, at least from what we saw on TV, really was like up there too and not quite as good but he he's like i don't know i'm just thinking out loud here but i wonder if there's a place for participation uh no not the participation medals no 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 i'm not talking (laughs) i'm all for people winning and but i just mean because people say i have one vote you do hear talk sometimes of like uh, like or you have what you said like someone votes for their friend or so i just wonder if there's a way to you can you can um show with your vote that someone was deserving of some recognition but there should be a winner you know what i mean like like a bronze silver and gold medal is what i'm getting at because if Uh, if i play if you're not first or last if you you either get like someone either gets my winner vote or they don't yeah what's that vin diesel quote from uh fast and furious uh it doesn't matter if you're second place by an inch or a mile like you still you still lost you know you still need to get first place and that's that's true for Survivor, right? Exactly what Jordan was saying. If if you didn't win, you lost. So, uh, it is what it is. Yeah, but just to take away from the votes of people who are gonna throw it to a friend or just a petty thing, like you might say, okay, look, you have one vote to cast here for the winner, and you have a vote to give someone a thousand dollars or something, so that people could feel good of like, okay, yeah, so Danny, I'm gonna give this to Deshaun because like he's my friend, but like, okay, now that helps me think more clearly on the winner he dan you know deshaun really isn't deserving i don't know or even just just go back to winners at war and you see that michelle didn't get a vote in final tribal and i thought she played such a great game you know 
in comparison, she's really fighting for her spot as a winner, as, you know, yeah. Andrew and Steph are Team Aubrey and don't support Michelle's win, whereas, you know, she won fair and square and she's their winner of mm-hmm. the Yeah, no, I, sure. Let's, well, well, whatever. From, yeah. my under, from my understanding, I could be wrong on this, but from my understanding, Michelle was going to get a couple of votes in that final tribal, but there was such a movement towards Natalie um, getting right. some votes that the math didn't work out and some people who were going to vote for Michelle, I think, I'm, I'm assuming that'd be people like Nick and Wendell who could have voted for Michelle. Them voting for Michelle could have prevented Tony from winning, who a lot of them agreed should have was the deserving winner of that season. And if you take votes away from Tony and put them on Michelle, that could elevate Natalie to win. And that's what they they didn't want to happen. They wanted Tony to win, but give Michelle the respect of getting a couple of votes because she did deserve it. She was third out of three, in my opinion, in that group, but she was not zero out of 16 That's votes. That's what I'm getting at, though, because you have one vote. You can only give one, so you're not... I get that at the end, your job is just to pick a winner, but is there a way... We need Christian Hubinski on here to do a, a breakdown of this the analytics. Like, is there a way that you could do this effectively that would more accurately portray, like, yes, Michelle deserved some votes, but no one gave her any because you only get one vote, so... You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm well, trying to get well, at here. What happens when this goes to a true tie and then you can't have a Laurel, you know, exit this yeah, math equation and break Jenga it? Jenga blocks. Oh. I think that's... Over his own tongue. Yeah, that's <laughs> where I guess this, this comes into trouble when there is a true tie. Like what happens in that situation, right? Fair enough. Fair it's enough. not going to happen, but I just... The, there's always me the kind of the purest in me wanting like the most just outcome because i i'll be candid i don't like when i hear people voted for their friend i hope i've never been no. on a jury uh really in any survivor at home version or online reality game so but i would like to think i would objectively vote on who i thought oh, was the most deserving you're gonna get your invite to mine don't worry good i good. I, I don't know if i could do it man i think well, you're going to have to, you know, after just saying that statement, post <laughs> for talk about the hypocrisy when someone asks you to play Survivor. Oh, oh here we go. <laughs> Look at the Lay sales. Look at the sales pitch <laughs> close to uh, midnight here. Working hard. Okay. Before, uh, you know, I, I know uh, this is going along. The true diehards are here, but I have not been sending in questions and I already asked one. But really quickly, I want to go through the uh, twists from season 41 and season 42. And you guys give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down, whether okay. you like them and have them come back or if rapid. you like a one and done and you know, lightning round. Okay, lightning round, rapid fire. We don't have much time for explanation, okay. but yeah, go for Shot it. Shot in the dark. Wait, what, what's the what's the criteria? Oh, yes or no? What is Twist? the th- or you, I, no one's gonna see a thumbs up. Or no, it's point it's pointless in my opinion. No, no, but he call, he can say it out. But what what are we? Okay, do you like them and you want it to return or you don't like them and they should just retire after these two seasons? Okay. So, Shaw in the Dark, do you like it? I'm a no. I'm a no. I'm a yes. Pointless. I think it's pointless. I love it. Okay. Give people a chance. Uh, the Beware Advantage. Love it. Love it. I love it too. Yeah. Shaw in the Dark, by the way, I'm neutral, but I'll, I'll take it. Uh, Shipwheel Island, Risk and Protection. Yes, I like it. Mm, I'm on the fence gimmicky you know i could say goodbye to it for a few seasons and you know come back so i'll 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 side with andrew on that one i like uh, the social i like the social dynamic of it you yes. got to make a decision based on someone else like it's end of the day your choices are your consequences so i i like it 
workshop a bit and, you know, come back another in next season of something. New. Sure. I, I like that. Okay. Hourglass twist. Nope. No. Zero. Get Zero. it out of here. Yes. yes. That's punt that into the sun. It's gross. <laughs> you need to get out of this. I like that. Uh, <laughs> guy, which we're probably going to see next with the Monty Hall problem. That is no. the next one. No. I don't no, like it either. I don't like a twist that not the twist can't knock you out. I, I will stand by that statement. I've made that multiple times on the podcast. The twist mm-hmm. can't knock you out. That twist knocks you out. No. And they're never going to have that again with they had last season with Deshaun. That was yeah. so lucky. No, I'm I'm no. I'm, I'm a no. Especially the way that uh, it worked out for Deshaun. I mean, the odds were against him. So yeah. Yep. No, get rid of that. Statistically, um, he made statistically Deshaun made the wrong decision. He got it right and he survived. Mm-hmm. Statistically, he made the wrong decision. He made yeah. the wrong decision. Uh, the game within a game, which is not backwards. Which one was that again? Uh, they have those puzzles built in the episode, so you'd have to freeze frame it and then solve the puzzle. Uh, yeah, I like that. I, I'm uh, a big fan of the puzzles. It, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't affect the the players in the game. I'm good with it. I didn't participate, but I'm good with it. I didn't yeah. participate in it either. I barely noticed them. Yeah. Um, and the last one, uh, not really a twist or anything, but the 26 days. I don't mind it because they've made it harder with less food. Um, it's a little bit faster pace. I, I don't, yeah, I'm good with the, I'm good with the 26 days because the viewing experience, it doesn't really change it for me. So I'm good with 26 days. I heard Sophie, I think, say that when you're on there for a long time, you obviously build stronger alliances and that obviously you're then more prone to just stick with your alliance. Whereas in the shorter version, it just is so rapid fire. Like the time you have, together i think is how many less days is it like it's 13 less 13 days. less days so i like it i really like the way that it is draw like pushing the game f- a little bit faster and people are obviously more likely to, to flip-flop and not th- it's very rare this is probably one of the more predictable votes that we'd seen Agreed. with high so I'm, I'm a fan i like the short Cal, i am good with a shorter game rather than a longer game <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, you know we never really did a proper debrief with a lot of people but uh yeah there's there's rhythms to, to my game as well but yeah, yeah i yeah, I, I like i like the 39 day experience i completely agree that yeah people hum and haw they have more time to change uh the rapid pace is i'm sure you know changes the game in ways, ways we don't realize but i do hope that next season is back to 39 if it's 26 not gonna it's not going back there's no way no i, I think they're keeping it the way that it is now yeah just for the production and everything jeff's getting older i true we gotta really we need to cal we need to propose to jeff if, hey when you retire maybe give kel and andrew a call and we'd be interested in maybe a, a dual role uh mm-hmm. as host sharing nice. sharing the lead yeah. uh but yeah i you know 39 days is classic but i understand you know 26 days is probably the future of the game but mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll see mm-hmm. yeah, that, you know, that ends my my q a period yeah it's good um thank you for the questions kel there thank you everyone who submitted audience questions as well again you can always submit those to us on the website survivoratholme.com Go to the extras tab, drop down, you'll see the podcast. And if you go on that page and scroll down, there's the feedback form. And of course, you can just message us as well. Uh, our Twitter handle at Survivor at Home. We'd love for you to engage with us there. Um, and again, Survivor at Home Light coming up May 27th. That is the week of the finale. Just a yes. couple weeks left of the show. So that will be just a blast to watch the finale, to hear this great podcast, finishing off the season, and then to participate in a full night Friday, May 27th event based on Survivor. 
you will be so happy you signed up and took part as we're still riding the high of that. And then, of course, Season 5, Survivor at Home, coming September 16th and 17th. You can apply now. It's on the website. Um, check it out. It's a lot of fun. But, Jordan, anything, any last words of wisdom as we end this Just very long podcast? Two, two more episodes and then the finale. So we are coming up to the end really soon here. We're in the home stretch of this season. It's been awesome. And um, I'm looking forward to see who wins because we – we have some guesses, but we don't know yet. So I'm excited to see the end of uh, end of the season. But thank you, Kel, for joining us today. We covered a lot of topics, a lot mm-hmm. of good questions, a lot of debriefing and therapy on Kel's uh, Survivor season. Was it season five of your Survivor? Season five. It was season, it was five. season five. Nice. Okay. So did a lot of yeah therapy for myself. I just realized I didn't hit record. No, you know you did. It I'm says just recording. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> no, no, no. We're, we're good. I, I cleared away the recording um, notification earlier. So we want to thank you. Yeah, Cal, thank you for coming on the podcast. You can find each of us on Twitter at Ironside Andrew, at Jordan B. Timpson, at Kelso underscore underscore eight six. And um, yeah, we are looking forward to next week will be episode 11 of survivor 42 so we look forward to talking with hold you. hold on one more thing one more thing cal one if you get thing. even let's say one more follower on twitter in the coming week because of someone listening to this i will buy you a beer next time well for the first time we see each other in person which has never happened i feel like we've hung out but we haven't oh, but i will buy you a beer uh if someone adds you because i think that your twitter handle is so outrageous that no one is gonna the double change. underscore of it all please yeah you know, at some point, I did get a follow request from like a Southern Ontario like roofing company after a survivor. I'm like, what is this? Like, who are these people? Like, <laughs> I had no idea who they're connected to, but it was very, very interesting. All right, well, keep yeah. me posted. I'll be. I'm a man of my word. Like Mike. another follower here. Yes. Yeah. If awesome. someone can decipher what that was and follow him, I will buy Cal a beer when we hang out. So, uh, thank you for doing okay. this, Cal. Thank you. That is the end of the podcast. We are going to wrap it there. Have a good night, everyone, or a good day or whatever it is at this point when you are listening and we will talk to you next week.